you are now entering the Podglomerate. Hello and welcome to Plus 7 Intelligence, the show about how games impact people. My name is Chess. This episode is brought to you by Studio Sweden. Studio creates headphones and earbuds with style and performance. And they have a special offer for Plus 7 Intelligence listeners, so there will be more details about that later on in the show. Today's interview is one of the first ones that I recorded for the show. It is with Mike Sweetman. We talk about his journey with trying to live a healthy lifestyle and then starting to share those ideas with others through his website and coaching. And, of course, we talk about how the games he plays influence that journey. All right, here I am with Mike Sweetman of forcewithin.net and beahealthygeek.com. He writes about fitness and a healthy mindsets and also a bunch of other uh, great geeky stuff. So welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me, Chess. Yeah, thanks for coming. So right now you're working on uh, Force Within, forcewithin.net. Uh, can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I think uh, I should really go back to um, beahealthygeek.com and, and why I started that and the transition to, to forcewithin.net. Um, I started beahealthygeek.com in 2014 and it was, you know, it was just something I thought I might be able to make some extra cash, get healthy, um, you know, and, and help inspire other people. And, you know, it definitely worked. I got into, uh, got into juicing and started getting quite healthy. I discovered, uh, something called the FODMAPS diet, which changed my life. Um, really interesting. It's sort of, uh, help me help me deal with uh pain that i was having and just sort of things that i'd grown up with uh uh, sort of gastro gastrointestinal pain and uh and i also and it started running um you know our mutual friend bj keaton uh got me into to running and uh ended up doing a half marathon so there's a lot of positive things came from uh, be a healthy geek However, in uh, 2015, 2016, uh, you know, my job changed quite a bit. I had a new, new boss. Um, it, it was a new venue and ended up, um, it, was, it was a really stressful year. And a lot of those healthy habits, uh, you know, they, they just sort of melted away. And not, not all of them, but quite a few of them. And, you know, at this time, I was also... I was doing some healthy things for myself, continue to do some healthy things through the stressful time. I was taking a yoga teacher training course and, you know, that really exposed me to things like meditation, um, mindful movements. Um, I'd also been practicing these with my students. There's a whole mindfulness movement in education. I'm a, I'm a teacher. So that was cool. And I started discovering these things, but, you know, I, I, I really didn't start implementing them until I was finished the yoga teacher training course. Um, and I started reading more, you know, from Mark Devine, Brooke Castillo. These are, uh, you know, uh, folks who, who look at and, and discuss thought management as well as uh, mindfulness. So I, I really started to, to grow my understanding of developing a better mindset and how to deal with stress. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling much happier, uh, much more self-confident. And I decided, you know, be a healthy geek was really supposed to be about fitness and nutrition and it's grown into its own thing. But I've, I've really discovered through my own journey that it comes down to mindset um, and stress management. And if you, if you don't have the right mindset to get you through a, a difficult time, then, you know, that nutrition, those nutritional habits and exercise habits aren't going to um, be successful. They're not going to survive, right? So I know you've had, you've had sort of a similar experience, Jess. Yeah, kind of, you know, when I, you know, after I graduated college, I had a lot of trouble with how I was managing the stress of not having a job and not feeling confident in myself because I couldn't find a job and over and over again, all these rejections. And, you know, it was was tricky for me to kind of really understand my place in the world because, you know, my identity was, you know, being the smart kid in school. And, um, you know, I thought that that would mean something, (laughs) but, uh, uh, once you get out of school, it doesn't mean anything. So, so yeah, I definitely had a struggle where I was trying to figure out what what it was going to take for me to take proper care of myself and to get a good mindset that uh, I could put my ego aside and really get down to work to fixing my life and doing a j- good job and contributing to the world so yeah I can I can definitely relate to that that uh, mindset was a really big deal for me yeah I mean I really enjoyed your interview uh, with Kenny over at the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. So I took a lot of inspiration from that. And uh, ultimately, you know, I, I'd really like to be able to coach folks um, with stress management, improve mindset. And forcewithin.net is, uh, is my venue for that. It's uh, Force Within is reference to Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and... You know, I, I just want to, to help people develop their mindset so that they can um, better their health and be more motivated. I mean, those are the two big things that I, uh, two big benefits that I see. So Force Within is, I think it's really interesting. It's kind of taking taking inspiration from the Jedi of Star Wars to find find a better way of living or a better way of understanding, you know, getting a better mindset. So can you tell a little bit more about about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know the 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 Star Wars uh, part of it, like you mentioned, the, the Jedi. I was during the actual uh, yoga teacher program I was taking. You know, we do a lot of meditating and, of course, a lot of yoga and whatnot. But there was there's it was mostly a female class, and there were only a few other males. And one of them was actually a Star Wars geek, like I am. So we got to talking about Star Wars, and when it came to the end, when we were doing uh, sort of the the projects that we had to present at the end, he was um, he had a bunch of uh, like Jedi quotations, like uh, Qui Gon Jinn's um, "Always remember your focus determines your reality." Mm-hmm. We was talking to uh, Anakin during the um, the Phantom Menace. So I just got really, I was like, wow, you know, I can combine my love for Star Wars with all this mindfulness, this sort of mindfulness movement that, that I'm experiencing right now and, and I'm really throwing myself into. And it just made sense. I was just like, 
you know, why don't, why don't I turn this into a website so that I can share it with other people? I'm sure there's others who would benefit from it. And, you know, there's tons of Star Wars fans out there. So, um, I, you know, I'd love to connect with as well and, uh, and teach how to have a better mindset. We'll get to talking about some mindset stuff in a minute. But uh, first, I want to know, you have kind of a story of how you sort of switched your, your main fandom from uh, Lord of the Rings to Star Wars. So can you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I haven't always been the uh, a huge Star Wars fan. I actually grew up, I was introduced to sort of geek the geek world with a game called Heroes Quest and it's fantasy setting. And then I got into uh, my stepfather introduced me to the Hobbit and, you know, that led me into the Lord of the Rings and loved the Lord of the Rings. I played uh, fantasy based ward games that sort of emulated Lord of the Rings, but it was, um, it was rather recently actually that I started playing the X-Wing miniatures. It's Star Wars X-Wing miniatures game fantastic um tabletop board game and it slash war game sort of and uh yeah from there i you know i met a whole community of people and one of them introduced me to all the new canon that was being released the comics um the stories and of course lucasfilm had wiped away all the um what's now what was called the extended uh universe and is now legends Mm -hmm. so they sort of wiped that all clean and said there's you know there's just the movies and the clone Wars series and uh, was it son of dathomir i think one comic they said you know everything else doesn't really count this is what counts and at the time it was just a couple books and a few comics that were just being released so it seemed like i was like yeah i'm gonna get into this and you know my fandom just started to grow i started watching the the uh the clone wars i started listening to star wars podcasts and it just sort of took took off i mean star wars in itself is it's fantasy in space so it wasn't a a big leap for me i just didn't realize how much content there was and you know as i i already pointed out it was sort of like like this point in my life where i was becoming more mindful and the the jedi were uh, a big inspiration on my journey um, to that. Yeah, what interested me about that story was how the game led you down a path that somewhat changed your life a little bit. And uh, I just found that really interesting. Was there something in particular about the game that that made you love it so much and moved you away from the games you were playing before? Yeah, no, I, it was it was the community of people. It was the people who I was playing with. They were awesome. They were supportive. You know, getting into a new game such as that is is not very easy. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn. I think I um, it's a competitive game, so you play one-on-one. And I won my first game. I just had a good, you know, a good bit of luck rolling the dice. And then from there on in, I don't think I won a game for several months, but the people were really supportive and, and willing to help me out. And, you know, they were, they were just kind. So it, it was that that's really what what uh, uh, stood out to me. And I'd actually been playing another game at the time, another uh, tabletop game um, is called War Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And I just found like the communities. That's what that's why I gave up Warhammer and moved into X-Wing miniatures games because, because of the community was so awesome. Hmm. 
That's great. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I I really enjoy about games is a lot of times games just create amazing communities because games are all about creativity and enjoying yourself and and especially I love board games because you can't play them unless you have some kind of friend or at least an acquaintance that will sit down and play with you. So the game kind of pulls you in and sometimes forces you to make friends and but that creates all sorts of connections and friendships that um, become a part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. That's been that's been my experience when um you know, I, I moved, it wasn't that long ago, I moved out west for a teaching job and uh, I ended up, that was my gateway to making friends was games, right? Mm-hmm. I went to the local game store and I said, you know, is there anybody else playing this this game? And they gave me a number of somebody, ended up calling and, you know, I had, within a few months I had met several people and, and, and had friends and it was, yeah, it was just, it was great. I mean, it's great for someone who's, uh, you know, an introvert like me. Yeah, and that kind of leads into what we had kind of started talking about was that what you share about mindset and how games can kind of be a part of creating a better mindset and also helping deal with anxiety and stress. So maybe can you talk a little bit about um, about your thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I know one of the things... You know, it's been a little while since I played the uh, the X-Wing Miniatures game. I ended up having my uh, third daughter just 10 months ago, so I was playing it, but on and off, and I just recently uh, had a game with a good friend, and and one of the things that I realized as I was playing, and I've, you know, I've been really working on my um, um, understanding my conscious thought and, and being mindful, being present in the moment. And one of the things I realized is that during the game, just how much ego comes into it, right? Like just how much, even though I'm sitting there with a good friend and we're just playing a game and nothing's on the line, I still don't want my little ships to be pulled off the board, right? It's just, right. it's hilarious, but that's that's how it goes. And it's, it's a good test, right? That's, uh, I think if we are going to be mindful and we're, we're going to be uh, present with certain situations and, and deal with ego, then we need to expose ourselves to these challenges. And I think games are something that can, can help us with that, right? They can help us. Um, they can be part of a, a mindful practice. If we understand going into the game that we need to, uh, we need to be, mindful of our ego and how we're going to act. And and that comes back to that whole idea of community. I want to be part of a community. I don't want to be seen as a, a, you know, as a, as a dick basically in the community. Right. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that uh, we're acting appropriately and have self-control. So Mm -hmm. um, as far as the anxiety piece goes, and I mean, I'm just speaking from my experience. I know I've I've come across across the term buffering, and you know there's many different ways that people buffer. Um, it's sort of when you're you're in a a negative emotional state and you're trying to escape. So people buffer by eating. They buffer by going on their phone. And sometimes, uh, you know, my my experience is I've played video games and. You know, 
I, whether it was, I, I just didn't want to, I wasn't looking for to work or my host was a mess because I have three kids uh, and I didn't want to clean it up. And part of that, you know, comes into just procrastination um, and just trying to sort of escape those different things. Playing games, unfortunately, right, can be part of that, that buffer. Um, and then, even if we take that a step further, this whole idea of anxiety and we, we end up playing the game and then we're playing the game. I know for me personally, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Battlefront. There's the Star Wars thing again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just, I've just found that once the anxiety would get me to the game and then my ego would keep me playing it too long or too late into the night, right? Mm-hmm. So just becoming more conscious of this I've been able to dictate more when I'm playing the game and it becomes more enjoyable, right? I'm not beating myself up after playing the game because I, you know, I'm getting to bed on time. I haven't stayed up too late. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the things that's really helped me chess is, uh, each day what I do is I, as I write down, and this might be something people want to think about doing before they, they sit down to play those games um, at night to see if they, you know, if they are suffering from some anxiety and they think they are trying to escape. It's just writing down a list of, of what's bothering you. You just, just ask yourself simply, what is bothering me today? That's all I do. And I'm just writing things down, writing whatever comes into my mind. Whatever comes into your subconscious, it doesn't, or uh, your, your conscious mind, you're writing those down. And once you see them, even that, just getting them down on a piece of paper and out of your mind is really going to help you. That's going to, you know, take some weight off your shoulders. But if you can take that one step further and you can start to, um, if you can start to change how you're thinking, then just ask yourself, you know, how can I change? my thought process about this. How can I change it from a negative, right? Because all the things you're going to be writing down, you're writing down what's bothering you. So it just, how can I change my thought process about these particular things? So that's, that's something that's really helped me um, with stress, overwhelm, anxiety, being able to take, you know, those ideas and change how I am interpreting them or thinking about them. Yeah, that's some that's some great advice because that's something that I've noticed that a lot of people who play games have a very similar experience where they they'll be playing a game and then you know maybe they keep playing and playing until they're not really having any fun anymore and basically they realize or kind of start to suspect that they're they're playing the game as a a way to kind of just escape their problems and because as long as you're playing the game you know your mind's focused on the game and not on your problems which is kind of an interesting thing about games is it's it's like a double-edged sword right because you know having a game that's fun and exciting and gives you great experience uh you know it it can help you by helping get your mind off of problems. But, you know, when it goes to the point that you're ignoring responsibilities and choosing the game over, you know, acting to fix something, then it, it kind of becomes something that holds you back. So how have you found that balance? Because you still do play games. And, you know, how do you find the balance of when to play and when to 
when to play to relieve stress and when to get off the game and, you know, start dealing with uh, real life. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as, as dealing with stress, I don't think games are the way to, to deal with stress. I think um, thinking about what is on your mind and, and like I just described, sort of just writing things down or talking with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about what's on your mind. Um, the unfortunate part about that is, um, you know, writing things down, if you do it without thinking about it, it can almost be like a Jedi mind trick where you're you're taking things from your subconscious and you didn't even realize. I've done it several times where I, I wrote everything down on a piece of paper. I'm like, oh, that that's it right there. That's what's bothering me. And I didn't even realize it. Right. So I, I you know, as, as far as uh, working games into my life, I think it's it's healthiest when it's something that's planned with my my kids. I love playing Disney Infinity. Then I get to introduce them to my love of, uh, you know, Star Wars as well as some other fandoms. Uh, I get to introduce them to games and, and how they work. Um, I also have, you know, for the past, geez, I want to say four years now, which kind of blows my mind. Four years. I think I've had a Tuesday night is my night where some of my high school buddies slash university buddies uh, go online and play games. So it's a scheduled thing that that happens and it's it's uh, comes back to that whole sense where it's building community, uh, you know, uh, family bonds with my children, community with my friends. And we get to catch up with what's going on in each other's lives, make plans for the upcoming weekend or whatever it might be. Um, So, you know, those are really healthy, uh, healthy ways of including uh, gaming in my life. Mm. that's great and that's you know that's one thing that what i've kind of noticed is that all of those ways they are you're not always or you're not really playing the game just to play or just to escape you know you're using the game as a sort of tool to say you know hey this is something that i can do to improve my relationship with my kids or um hang out with people to build connections so the game is you're not just playing because you feel like playing. You're playing because you're going to enjoy it, but you're also going to get you're going to get something valuable for your life out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, the funny thing is, Jess, I always thought it was so weird that I couldn't sit down and play games. I mean, I have. Don't get me wrong. I played through um, all of of uh, not World of Warcraft, but before that, the the Warcraft game. The this mm-hmm. was it uh, RTS. Real-time strategy, yeah. And, you know, I, I love that game and I played through it, but most of the time I'm not somebody that can sit down and, and play through a campaign or something like that. Um, and I always thought it was so weird that, that I was like that. You know, all my friends could do it quite often. And this is this is growing up, right? But uh, I was more of sort of a social gamer. I really liked to, to, uh, to game with friends. And then it wasn't until, of course, later in life when I started video gaming that the, the sort of the stress and, you know, having a family and a career and everything, I started to get into that that piece where uh, the anxiety is starting to kick in and it just becomes sort of this cycle of uh, the anxiety starts the game and then the ego sort of makes me play it too late into the night, right? And now for a break to talk about Studio Sweden. I love my Studio Sweden headphones. 
They've been a major upgrade for my gaming experience. Uh, I've been playing Fortnite, which is a game with a lot of audio cues. Uh, for instance, the loot chests actually give kind of a, uh, a sort of a humming sound and some soft music that help you to find them. And when I was playing with speakers, I could really actually use that sound to my advantage. But now with my headphones, I can hear them clearly and find them and, uh, and get that sweet loot. So level up your audio gear with Studio Sweden and see what you've been missing. And right now, Studio is actually doing two cool things. The first thing they're doing is they are supporting the Pink Ribbon Foundation in Sweden by donating 10% of all the profits from their pink products. So any of their headphones or earbuds that are pink, 10% of the profits from those for the month. And as a special for you plus seven intelligence listeners, if you use a promo code intelligence15 at checkout, you will get 15% off any purchase. So check them out. You got two great reasons to go check them out right there. There's going to be a link in the show notes for you. I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but you're, you're talking about how your ego, you know, kind of keeps you in the game. Do you think that's a property of just being a human being, that that's how we act? Or do you think that games, the way they're designed or the way they're set up, that they kind of draw on that and they kind of stir your ego into the keeping you in the game? Oh, I think games are 100% designed to draw on people's ego yeah and that's the whole addictive piece right and the you know ocd sort of starts kicking in and suddenly i'm watching uh, i don't like the fact that i'm in battlefront multiplayer i'm the last person with the least amount of uh, kills and i need to watch some youtube and uh, figure out how to do a better job or what is the ultimate combination of you know, uh, loadout that I should have when I'm playing the game and what, uh, you know, where should I be on certain maps? And it's just this sort of a obsessive, uh, you know, behavior that, that can take over if you let it, uh, with gaming. And then suddenly again, you are, you're drawn into it and you're, you know, not doing other things that, that could, uh, that could help you be more productive in life. And I'm not saying that I'm sure there's lots of people that do those things, but you want to do it in a way where you're checking and making sure that, you know, it's, it's a healthy investigation. This is something you want to do. Um, it's not happening because of stress and procrastination. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I think, I think there's definitely, quite a bit of ego. I'm, not, I'm curious to, to see what what's your opinion on it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of interesting because games recently have got started to get a bad rap for including a lot of price models and game design that they basically give you kind of a trickle feed of, of content or progression in the game. And they got a lot of you know, flack for doing that because it's it's known that that's based off of behavioral psychology that that will encourage people to spend more time in the game because that's just kind of how our brains work. If you get the right cycle of of rewards and the right cycle of surprises based on randomness at the right time and all this stuff. So it's definitely a lot of people see it as manipulative, but I mean, at the same time, if you go back to, if you look at 
the old like flash games and even like old arcade games and and stuff like that those games were similarly addictive and they weren't they didn't have all the science behind it that's just kind of the way that they were designed and it was kind of sort of naturally discovered that people really liked to play those games so and even plenty of other games and other other aspects of life that some people find addicting. I mean, some people find biting their nails addicting, you know? So in some ways it's, if you're making a game and you need it to be fun, it's almost impossible to make sure that it's not addictive, you know, without some kind of, I don't know, some kind of weird way to kind of intervene. You know, I know some Nintendo games, they'll actually after you're playing for a while, it, it'll come up and I'll say, hey, how, you've been playing for a while. How about you take a break? You know, and maybe that kind of friendly intervention is good, but I highly doubt that those actually work. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember actually playing the Wii U. I went out and got, uh, what was it, Madden Football and a few other games when it first came out. And yeah, I remember those reminders. They They didn't really deter me a whole lot, but... It was, I was like, hey, that's cool, you know, maybe if I was a kid. Uh, I mean, it didn't help that I was living way up north at that, that point, and, uh, and and it was, like, freezing cold outside, so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it it is really interesting. I mean, and I I think it comes back when you mention, like, biting nails or or uh, being into, you know, whatever it is you're, you're into and trying to escape. I mean, it could be television. It could, there's so many different things. It just comes back to um, making sure that you are managing your stress. And I think a great way to do that is by managing your thoughts, like I described, by writing things down. And then, you know, you can be sure if you've done that, then you've taken some action to deal with the stress and you're in a better place to make a decision when you start playing that game and it's like, okay, I'm just going to play five rounds and then I'm going to bed. And I think it's much easier to stick to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas if the anxiety is strong and you are procrastinating um, and you, you get in there, I think it's much easier for your ego to take over and, and drive you deeper into the game. And, and then, you know, 20 games later, you're frustrated, you know, and, and, uh, that you've stayed up too late or you're, you, you've just played the game longer than you wanted to. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know how I'll sound talking about it in these terms, but in a lot of ways, it seems like we've created entertainment that's, you know, very engaging and, and, and very fun, but our society hasn't really caught up with passing along the, or even finding kind of the knowledge and wisdom that it takes to prepare someone for just to say, hey, this game that you've discovered, it's going to be really fun. And a lot of people find themselves playing it way too much. Here's some advice about, you know, how you should deal with that. You know, that's not a part of our cultural conversation around games at all. I feel like a little bit of, a little bit of, kind of like what you're talking about, like just some practical ideas about getting a grasp of your mindset and being more aware and more intentional with how you play games can go a long way. You know, hopefully 
that'll be that'll be more of the conversation instead of what a lot of people have said is kind of demonizing games and you know just flatly labeling them as addictive and therefore dangerous and not really taking the time to you know really look at um how they can fit into our lives and improve our lives and you know, it's just like with anything. It's moderation. Oh, exactly. I feel like that very simple that simple message has been uh, lost. Yeah. No, I see a big parallel with uh, technology in the classroom, right, where there's a lot of parents who are dead set against it because they only see the bad part at home. They don't necessarily see that uh, all the things we can do in the classroom. They just see their kid playing uh, games and, and being sort of the that that's OCD uh, sort of um, – you know, aspect to it where they're, they're totally consumed by playing a game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those parents aren't really prepared to, uh, like you said, with the knowledge to, to help those, those kids, um, sort of deal with that obsessive compulsive or, you know, whatever it may be at the, at the time. But I, something else, as you were talking there, Chess, I was thinking, um, you know, with the X-Wings miniatures game, I was, it, it's not necessarily a video uh, a video game at all, but I mean, I would sink tons of time into that game where it was, you know, just thinking about it's kind of like a card collection slash miniature collection game where I'm just trying to think of like what combination of ships to use and what cards to use. And I mean, I could just, you know, we, we talked about buffering uh, before and that that used to be a big buffer for me. I would just be you know, when I should have been spending quality time with uh, my kids, which are so important to me and my, my family, my kids and my wife, um, it, you know, I would be on my phone figuring out what I was going to do with my next game, or I'd be trying to listen to a podcast about, you know, the latest releases. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I'm sure people, aren't talking about board games in that respect, right? <laughs> it's funny that they, they are talking about video games. Um, and, and I think, you you know, this podcast is a great way to have some dialogue, some positive dialogue about games and, and uh, you know, how we can use them effectively. It's just like technology. You, you want to use the technology. Don't let the technology use you, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's that's definitely one of the main reasons that I wanted to start talking about games in the first place was, because I was that guy who was playing way too much and, you know, I wanted to understand why. And some people just say, well, games are addictive. And actually, here's something I found that was interesting was I looked up, I guess it's what people suggest if you think you're addicted to games or or the theories why games are addictive. And what was interesting was I found this site um, that, that talked about games being addictive and and it was very revealing to me because it talked about, well, games are addictive because people will play with their friends and then, you know, they they won't want to break those social bonds by leaving the game. And, you know, it gives people a sense of accomplishment and identity, so they don't want to abandon that. And all of those things that were identified, there were actually positive things about games that there were ways that games were addressing people's real emotional needs, you know, desire to hang out with people and to have friends and to have an identity. Like those are all great things, you know? So the problem isn't that, you know, games are bad. 
if anything, the problem is, is that games are really good, but having too much of a good thing can be a problem. So that's one thing What I realized with my life was games were were a way for me to to feel smart, to feel important, to have friends, to feel like I was being productive when, you know, I didn't have a job. And so I didn't really know how I could be productive. No, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the times, and I think that connects what I was talking about with ego, right? A lot of the times uh, we're looking for some sort of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? But just like confirmation that we are good at something. We're looking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the, uh, like any sort of thing that's competitive, um, and that doesn't make it bad i'm not saying like don't play competitive games or, or whatever i'm just saying that you need to realize that that's what could be driving you to play the game and i don't think that's quite as healthy as i want to play this game i want to build community build friendships and and have fun versus i want to absolutely destroy everybody so everybody knows i'm awesome <laughs> You know, like there's, that's a completely different place. And I've certainly played against people in competitive tabletop games where the other, the person I'm sitting across from, that's the, the mindset they have is they're going to destroy everybody. And that's, you know, maybe fun for them. And, and they're going to, to get the, the reward at the end, whatever that is. And then I've played against people, you know, who are, are there for the community, for the friendships and to have fun. And I, we all know which one's more enjoyable. Hmm. But I mean, even that is open to interpretation. I mean, you get two people who are really into the, the, the strategy, I guess, and whatnot of the game, then, you know, maybe they find some enjoyment. Um, and I guess I always did too, but it's, you know, it's that there is, and I think there's, uh, and everybody has to decide for themselves, but I think there's, there's uh, one is more healthier than the other. Hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like you said, kind of finding, at least having the conversation about, you know, what healthy gaming is without an agenda, that's definitely an important part of the show. And I hope by getting a a wide range of perspectives and, and ideas that people can find, can really identify what games mean to them and how they're important and, you know, how games can potentially be a positive force. Or maybe identify, maybe they have been a negative force, and so you need to cut back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I love it, Chess. I think this is a great idea, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing other interviews. Gosh, we've had a great conversation, so I think it's about time to wrap it up. What's on the horizon uh, for you? Looks like at the time of this recording, looks like you're about to, to launch some stuff for Force Within, probably by the time this comes out, that will already be launched. But uh, can you tell me about uh, what's on the horizon for you? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's several things. Uh, by the time this goes out, I'd say there'd be several blog posts up. Uh, Force Within right now is just getting, uh, just getting started. So, but by the time this is up, like I said, uh, like you said, sorry, um, there will be several blog posts over there to check out. Um, there's also uh, the three steps to a Jedi mindset. Uh, which will take you through uh, three steps, sort of detailing that thought management piece where you're writing your thoughts down and and uh, and sort of how to change it, give you some examples, um, as well as uh, 
you know, what, what you can do to support that during the day. Um, so that's definitely one thing. I'm also hoping to launch a YouTube channel in the near future. Um, so that, I mean, that, that ties into my social media handles, which is force within, uh, sorry, at force within TV. So I'm hoping to have, uh, that up and running and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just, just head on over to forcewithin.net. That would be awesome. Check it out. And, uh, all, you know, all my social media contacts are there. Um, you can get those three sets to a, a Jedi mindset and, um, there'll be a link there to my YouTube channel as well. So. All right. I definitely look forward to, to seeing what you got going on. And, um, thank you so much for being on the show. This is a great conversation. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the work that you're doing. If you're interested in a Jedi-inspired approach to mindset, uh, check out what Mike has going on at forcewithin.net. Even if you just like Star Wars in general, he also has a video series just talking about Star Wars news. So definitely check that out if that's your thing. And that's it for today's Intelligence Boost. I wanted to take a minute to feature an iTunes review that the show got. This review, it's a little odd because it doesn't mention the show itself or anything about the show, but it does get to some topics that are at the heart of the show, so I'm pretty proud of it. This is from NXSIVE. I don't know how to pronounce that. And the title is The Evolution of Games is Inevitable. Since the beginning, we have been using games to pass on information and teaching skills to our future generations. From making believe to strategy games like chess, games have been used to help us learn new skills and thought patterns for centuries. Now with technology allowing us to create new worlds and experiences, we can take this type of learning to new heights. I am excited to see what we will do with this medium as we stride into the future of a gaming generation's coming of age. Thank you so much for that review. And if anyone else out there wants to leave a review, the best way for you to do that is to check out the loot page on the Plus 7 Intelligence website. That's plus7intelligence.com slash loot, L-O-O-T. The link is in the show notes. And that page will have a nice button for you to leave a review. And by doing so there, you get a nice bunch of virtual raffle tickets for the monthly giveaway. And there's only a few days left before the first month's drawing. And that's for the puzzle game World of Goo. And the drawing's on the 7th of October. But don't worry, if you miss that date, there's still going to be more monthly drawings after that. And the loot page will be the first place that I will announce the next game to be given away. Next week, I am talking with Matt Forbeck, an author and game designer. We are going to talk about how he is bringing his novels to life with a game. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in seven. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.